Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kalea Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. introduce our guest. Hi. Okay. So today we have Laura Humphrey on. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Laura is, you're welcome. Laura is a dear friend of ours and she is also an RN, a registered nurse, as well as a doula and a yoga teacher. And she is an artist. So she is, and you said earlier, jack of all trades, master of none. I beg to differ. (laughs) I think you're pretty good at everything you do. Thanks. (laughs) Hi, Kaleo. Why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> well, they already know that they're listening to the Rebel and Muse podcast now. Now it's our, what, what, what episode is this going to be? I don't know. We haven't, from the future, we haven't decided that. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening from the future, this is an undecided episode. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, so today we're going to talk about, um, first of all, how we know Laura and um, get into some of the Western versus more holistic um, parts of our, our medical system and, um, and also her birth. Well, not your birth, the birth of your baby, <laughs> your beautiful little girl, Winnie. So first question, um, you are a nurse and RN first, and then you became a doula or did you start off as a doula and then became a nurse? I actually started off as a doula and then that was in, oh gosh, uh, 2000 seven or eight maybe and then I got my nursing license I graduated and and passed my boards and all that in 2013 so there was yeah about five year span there and so for everyone out there who may not know what a doula is can you explain what a doula is so the way that I practice being a doula because I mean there are the different ways to interpret it I suppose but um, basically it's a um, birth assistant and somebody that um, helps you through there's different there's uh, labor doulas and then there's also um, postpartum doulas so or you can do both you know which mm-hmm. I've done a little bit of both and um, yeah your, your job really is to just be there for the mother and and help her um, through whatever she needs and really just as a support system um, you're not at least I don't I try not to encourage you know mothers to decide any any particular um, path I just um, I'm there to support their decisions and so um, really it's just a support system and then mm-hmm. as a postpartum doula um, there's so much emotional you know stuff that women go through um, postpartum and so I can imagine yeah yeah, <laughs> right. Right. yeah so um, yeah, as a postpartum doula, you're just kind of there to provide some emotional support and just, you know, I'll do dishes or make tea or whatever, just so it's, you know, it's one less thing that they have to worry about. And then sometimes just sit and cry with them. Oh, um, yeah. I try not to cry, but let them cry. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's also something called a, a death doula. Well, I get, no, not death doula. That sounds like a metal band, mm. like a, an end of life doula as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can ease people out of life or the families. Right. Um, so I think that's a really beautiful concept oh, sure. as well. Yeah, definitely needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and your mother is a doula as well, mm-hmm. right? And, and she, so I'm going to interject here a little bit. So 
I wanted to become a doula so that I could be a part of my brother and his wife's birth, uh, birth of their child. And this, I made that decision even before um, they were pregnant or she was pregnant. Um, she said that she wanted me to be at her birth someday. So I said, oh, I wanted to get all the information from Laura and I talked to her at the yoga studio. And then amazingly enough, very sweet, when she, when Laura got pregnant, she asked me if I wanted to be a part of her birth. And it was the most amazing experience, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but your mother is, is such a huge support as well. She um, met with me and asked, answered all of my questions about being a doula. Did you learn from her or did you go through someone else? I went through someone else, but she definitely inspired my curiosity about birth um, mm-hmm. throughout my whole life. She talked about her own births as um, just, you know, being these natural part of life. It wasn't, they weren't traumatic. Um, not to say that, you know, birth can be traumatic, um, but it was so different than what I was hearing my friends who were going through. Um birth as you know as we were becoming adults um they were pretty sounding pretty traumatic and just very i don't know uh they were dealing with a lot postpartum because of that and my mom was always you know she always talked about it in such a different way so she really inspired my curiosity about birth and that's why i wanted to become a doula because i was like well what you know how can these be so different how can i be like you know hearing one thing from my mom and you know and then Beautiful my friends are, yeah are having these traumas um and so I just kind of wanted to learn more about it and I figured that was a good way so I got certified in San Francisco just through a, a group that I found through one of the local hospitals there awesome. and that and that took the, that was the five years that was um in I think it was 2007 yeah. that I originally became certified. Right. And when you become, you know, you can become a doula just through going through the experience of attending births or you can, you know, take a certification. There is really, you know, they have DONA, which is kind of a, a um, certification, national certification group, but there's no real hard and fast rule that you have to be certified in order to practice being a doula. Right, right. Yeah, I can imagine so because doulas aren't a very common thing in hospitals. Oh, at least hospitals over here. I think they're gaining ground though, and I really hope so. Yeah, I really hope so Mm -hmm. because I always credit like one of the greatest things about living where we do live, we have the opportunity to use both our um, Western technology and our Eastern philosophy. Mm -hmm. And to join the two together is that's really just incredible. Like we have that opportunity too. Mm -hmm. And so when you find someone like you who's willing to get to that emotional level which most hospitals don't don't get me wrong i don't think like doctors are are these cruel cruel people but um for the most part my experiences ever um in a hospital or being sick it it definitely does have a business uh motto yeah to any hospital to any like health facility that i've ever been to yeah so to have like that um that balance Mm -hmm. and just you know just that nice smile or like you just said someone to cry with you know, and these are the these are the the energetic things that happen within us that can make everything different. Right. Everything can be different just mm-hmm. with these like little like 
uh, oasises. Mm-hmm. Is that all right? Or oasises? O- or is it o- o- oasis? No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're uh, we're all three yoga teachers here. You know how yoga teachers make up their own words. Yes. That's a new one. Oasai. Oasai. Yeah. Just plan on getting to the oasis. So let's put the doula conversation on pause and let's shift gears a little bit to the RN. Mm-hmm. So being a registered nurse, you worked a little bit in the, the Western or the allopathic field. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I did um, my student nursing in a mother-baby facility or you know, in the mother-baby unit of a hospital in Georgia. And and that was different. It was definitely um, challenged me in a lot of ways to just kind of do things that I wasn't fully comfortable with, but it was Ooh, like what? Um, well, it was at, at the time, and I hope that they have changed their protocol. But at the time, it was protocol to um, bathe the babies within the first, um, like it was just like right after birth. Basically, the mothers would be taken to they they would go from the labor and delivery room over to the mother baby unit, so they'd be getting settled in their new room while um, the babies would come to the nursery. And so they were sometimes, you know, hopefully the, the father or, or the, um, you know, grandmother sometimes would be able to come in with them. But a lot of times they came in, you know, these brand new babies all by themselves and these, you know, wheeled in in these plastic bassinets. And it was my job to bathe them and give them their first shots, give them like a full newborn assessment. And then, and then we would wrap them up and send them to their moms when, you know, once they were settled in their new room. And this sounds like a baby factory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the way that it used to be. Wow. And so most hospitals now like um, UCSD and some of the other hospitals are considered what they call baby friendly, where, um, they have a, they have much different be baby protocol. <laughs> like everywhere should be baby friendly. Yeah. At Scripps, where I delivered, they they did the newborn assessment and all of that in the room with me, so that I had eyes on her the whole time. I just couldn't imagine anybody taking her away from me in those first few hours. I would have been like, oh, no, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. going with you. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, that was hard because I was like, oh God, these, you know. So I'm sorry. Was the RN position before or after the doula? Well, I got studies. S- it was after. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I okay. got you know, certified as a doula, and then being in the hospital, it kind of, as a doula, I really like. I then I got really interested in the nursing side, and I really wanted to learn more about that, and then that kind of led me um, in that direction. Okay. And then you worked. Where did you work as an RN? So then, in the allopathic. Yeah. Part. Then um, when I came back, when I, I, shortly after I graduated, I moved back to California and had a really hard time finding a job as a brand new nurse, which most brand new nurses will tell you, they get their job through their um, student nursing. And since I had moved states, I didn't have that in, and I looked all around, and and it took me a long time, and I finally got an interview with a. Um, a skilled nursing facility, which most people know as a nursing home. Um, and that was, I didn't last very long there. <laughs> I was only there for a little over a month. Um, it was, so we were stretched so thin that I felt like I couldn't be a good nurse. And if I couldn't be a good nurse, I don't want to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. It's just too, you know, you're messing with people's lives. You're injecting them with medication and it, I was 
not sleeping at night because I would wake up in the middle of the night and think, oh my God, did I remember to do, you know, to give so-and-so their medication or, you know, Mm -hmm. just having these like moments of sheer panic, worrying that I've harmed somebody. And I just thought, this isn't, this isn't what I (laughs) want to be doing with my life. And, and, um, you know, I was fortunate to have the choice to be able to, to leave that and, um, and go back to my, my former job. So that's, that was kind of my, my short stint in the, the Western, Western model of Then you went to Chopra Center. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so so I, what did you do at Chopra Center? I, um, I started off, so originally when I had moved back to California and I was really trying to find, um, work, they had a medical reception, like a medical assistant kind of position. So I took that and then I, I left to go do this nursing home job and then I came back as the medical manager there. Um, they have a small um, medical department. There's about three physicians and they take care of all the people that go through the Perfect Health program, which is like a wellness program. Um, and then they also just take you know people from the local community or like people would call in from different states that were just seeking alternatives to you know, Western care. It was a lot of, um, we saw a lot of people with chronic illness because that tends to be something that Western medicate, you know, Western medicine is not good at uh, managing. They just want to medicate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, medication is great. And thank God that we have, you know, access to these good drugs and, and these, you know, hospitals. But um, I feel like Western medicine fills um, such a good need for acute care you know, if you're dying, go to the emergency room and, you know, they're going to do what they can and they're going to save your life, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But if you've got some kind of long-term chronic illness, that um, taking the, you know, getting on the, these medication regimens, it starts off with one medication and then that medication has side effects. And if, you know, some people, they can take the medication, they don't, they're not bothered by the side effects and that's, that's great. And I have, you know, that's, I have no problem with that. That's like a success story. But most people are going to have issue with side effects. And that's when you see, gosh, you know, like when you're, you have a patient that's on like 30 different medications and you know that they started off with one. But because of the side effects, they need the other 29. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's just, and then, you know, especially with the elderly population, it's, it's just, it, I don't know, that was such an eye opener to be in, um, in that facility, I just felt like I was doing more harm than good. I mean, I don't, you know, it's a delicate issue because certainly, you know, as we're aging, you know, people want to, they have high blood pressure and of course they go to the doctor and they want to take care of the high blood pressure and they don't want to hear, oh, you need to change your lifestyle. They don't feel like they got their money's worth if Mm -hmm. they didn't walk out with a prescription. Like, where's my drugs? Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah. came all the way down here, which is horrible. Yeah. And we've been so, I mean, that's just the way that we're, we're like, you know, we've become so accustomed that, you know, oh, my, my doctor told me that I need to meditate. Like, what kind of, you know, right. BS is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I want something that's going to cure this or heal this. And, and changing people's lifestyles is the hardest thing so it's more of a mindset, um, what I'm hearing in the Western part, it's more of a mindset of fix me instead of the more holistic where it's helped me to understand how to fix myself. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Chopra Center, you were able to 
to do more of the holistic. Yeah, kind of and I, I mean, as the medical manager, I wasn't, um, you know, I spoke with a lot of people over the phone and, you know, was trying to figure out, like, whether or not they would be, you know, benefit from coming to the Chopra Center. So I did do patient care in that, in that way, but um, mostly what we did there was just educate. It was, you know, and, and that was That's what they t- continue to do there. Um, David Simon, who was one of the founders, he has this quote, and I hope I don't botch it, but um, I think it, it goes something along the lines of the best use of a physician's knowledge is to teach people how to heal themselves. That's beautiful. If that's not the quote, it should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll put the quote in the show notes for By sure. By Laura Humphrey. <laughs> <laughs> Just... David Simon. <laughs> so, um, being an RN and a doula, how did having both of those um, those under your belt prepare you or uh, make your childbirth easier? I'd say I don't know if it was easy at all, but how yeah. did it affect your experience? I think I mean, kind of going back to even just finding the right obstetrician, having this body of knowledge. I mean, I, I believe that it really assisted me. And I kind of, you know, that's what I want other women to do is to like, okay, you find out you're pregnant, like go and, and learn about, you know, like seek out this knowledge because you have options. And, you know, one physician's opinion is not the end all. So I started off um, with an obstetrician who, who was like, okay, well, we, you know, we deliver... Monday through Friday between 8 and 3. And if you happen to go into labor after those hours, then you'll, you will be seen by the hospitalist, who is just you know the, the attending physician at the time during those hours. Okay. Who has no history with you. Right. He's just there in case. And, and by the way, that's a lot of time. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, who to, goes into yeah. labor like in Between that eight and three? Right. Yeah. I mean, and even if you start there, chances are you're not going to end there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> eight, eight to three for me is brunch. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. True. Yeah. True. So I was like, uh, okay, thank you very much. Goodbye. And then, um, and then I wanted to go to. So I have some friends who have opened this birth center in, in Encinitas, and I wanted to go to the birth center and. Um, because I have some prior surgeries, I have some scarring, and that wasn't an option for me. They said you definitely need to deliver in a hospital because your risk of like having a uterine rupture is greater when you have scarring on your on your uterus. So I um, so that's similar to like a VBAC. It is the okay. the. Do you want to know the difference? Yeah, wait, okay. wait, wait, time out. What's a V-back? You guys okay. are in a whole... I, I am... Just so you know, we put the little explicit okay. check on here so you can say whatever Okay, you want. awesome. Yeah. Okay, so V-back... We, we wanted our podcast to look like NWA albums. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to slip reason. in some F-bombs or something. <laughs> <laughs> Will you please let us earn that explicit Okay, wait, wait, back up. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm in the a deep v- end. I'm, a, I'm in the deep end of the pool. What's a V-back? A V-back is a vaginal birth after cesarean. V-B-A-C. How, how do you do that? Um, well, okay, so <laughs> let's educate right? this him. Is the yeah, way. Please, yeah. well, educate me. Like, how, how do you even do that? Isn't it either or? Well, I oh, mean, not with the same 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put it back <laughs> in. <Let's laughs> <do it laughs> really you know, I got a good feeling about this. I think we can do it the other <laughs> Let's way. Let's do it yep, twice. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's be, called born again. Really good for you. <laughs> oh God! I can't Deep end of the pool. Deep end of the pool. All right. That's go just up. cruel. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so, um, so basically, um, the obstetrician that I ended up with was uh, Dr. Kapitanakis out of Encinitas, and he was amazing. He's an he was osteopath. Great. And um, he was, he believed in me. He, I mean, you know, he read my, all my um, medical history and he was like, I don't see any reason why you can't, because, you know, I I skipped over the part where then, then the recommendation by the other two physicians was um, to just schedule a cesarean that I should, I shouldn't even attempt having a vaginal birth because of this risk of rupture. So he, my my thing that I got hung up on was the surgeon who performed my surgery had told me, um, you know, we didn't have to get into the endometrial lining, which is like the inner lining of your uterus. And so as long as you don't, as long as that part was not cut, then, you know, there there shouldn't be a worry, really. Like the scar is very minimal and it's very surface. It's not like deep into the muscle tissue. So I kept saying, well, this surgeon, why would the surgeon say that it was okay for me to, you know, have a vaginal delivery? Like doctors are not notoriously risky when it comes to recommending, you know, things. Right. They usually err on the side of being extra cautious. Mm -hmm. So um, he, you know, um, Dr. Cap did, you know, took the time to really like seek seek out this um, information. And I had a written note from the surgeon. So anyway, um, I forgot where my was going with that. <laughs> what did you ask me originally? I was asking what the VBAC was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Go. Yeah. I was going to explain the whole difference. Long yeah. story short. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the way he explained it to me, because I was like, well, women have VBACs all the time. Why why am I this high risk? And he said, well, think of your uterus as a balloon. So if you blow up a balloon, like you're like you're pregnant, and your uterus is, is big, and, and you make an incision on that balloon that's you know however many inches long mm-hmm. and then that that uterus shrinks back down to its normal size that incision like shrinks back down and that scar is tiny at that point if you have like like for me and because I wasn't pregnant when I had the surgery um the scar is big and it didn't you know it wasn't like I was all it was all stretched out and they had to make a nick and and then it shrank back down it was like there so he said that's why th- there's more of a concern but so the scar would potentially as it expanded right. yeah open up it would yeah. open up got it so well you had a mate with his name dr cap yeah Capitan. yeah was he trained in midwife techniques or something he had a he has a midwife on staff mm-hmm. um okay. and that you know that i knew that um depending on what time i delivered i could have had her also as um the attending so yeah, he was great. Yeah, he I love was that. Really great. Like this is a this is a real hospital, and these options are existing, and we have a surgeon who's speaking mm-hmm. like this. This yeah. is encouraging. Like it is encouraging. It so really this is. is. It's Scripps Encinitas, mm-hmm. and they have yeah. a um, um, midwifery department there. They have midwives Wonderful. that deliver, and um, in fact, the birth center Tree of Life in in um, Encinitas, their midwives, at least they used to. I think they probably still do because they have. Um, if they have to transfer somebody, they transfer them to Scripps Encinitas. And so they also deliver babies there. So they can, it's awesome because if you're being attended by a midwife in 
this birth center and you, you know, you have to transfer for whatever reason, you don't lose your lifeline. You know, you, that midwife goes with you right. and can be there in the hospital with you delivering. Um, because this is kind of new to me as far, well, I, I'm from a generation where like, you know, we're the baby factory kind uh-huh. of thing. And um, this is old ancient knowledge, doulas and yes. midwives and stuff like that, which is mm-hmm. coming back really strong, which I'm really stoked on because I, I, I really like that we were a little more tapped in back in the day. Um, my question is, what is the difference, the ultimate difference between a midwife and a doula? Oh, so um, a doula isn't delivering the baby. And, and really, a doula is not, you know, touching any of the medical equipment, is not, you know, dealing with um, making any kind of decisions. She's not um, he or she. I guess it could be a male doula, mm-hmm. too. Um, it, they're really just there to support the mother emotionally and to also you know be a liaison to family members if if you know not everybody can be in the room so sometimes i've i've run out and had to like let people know wait listen what is that that was the doorbell, doorbell. the doorbell oh <laughs> they can wait to yeah. let them in yeah no no no, no. <laughs> okay. uh for for anyone listening if you came to our house and we didn't answer the door but you saw the car we're not answering. We're answer- podcasting. We're podcasting. <laughs> Sorry. For those of you listening in the future. <laughs> in the future. Okay, so so go on. Um, we were talking about the, the main difference. Mm-hmm. And so a doula does not um, touch any kind of uh, medical No, side they really shouldn't. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I think most doulas nowadays are pretty, like, have been, you know, trained correctly um but in the past like when doulas were really first kind of like made this big emergence maybe in the early 2000 um or 2005 somewhere around there people started having doulas attending and um there was a lot of pushback from the nurses and the hospital staff because they had um you know every once in a while you'd get this like rogue doula we call them that would go in and and just kind of rogue like, one take over. doula yeah it's they the would new star wars be like you know she's not having an epidural and, and would be wow. very, um, and that is just not, a, you know, that's not what well, like job the job is. opposite of the, what the doula is there to yeah. do, is there to support the birth mother's decision. Right. And just be there. And probably to keep the vibes leveled. Yes. And, you know, yeah. just be, there's a lot going on. Yeah, it's right. like, let's mellow out. Yeah. Well, and I feel like with my experience at your birth, I felt like a kind of a go-between if you were getting a little um, stressed out, the energy from the nurse, if the nurse was tired and they were short, I mean, the nurses were actually pretty amazing. Yeah. But if, you know, if there's any shift in energy, then I, I was kind of the go-between. Yeah. Like, okay, just give give us a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Come back in a few minutes. I'm going to talk to Laura, you know, and just try to keep it mellow. And yeah. Then, and that's yeah. exactly, that's exactly what you want. I mean, you just want somebody that isn't gonna create any kind of emotional pull out of where you should be which is right in the moment Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of you want somebody that is strong enough to protect that space you're really holding space for that woman um, so that she can be in the moment and not have to take herself out of that for any reason I mean, obviously you get the, you know, nurses have to do their jobs and they're stretched so, so thin and they only have a certain amount of time to get around to all their patients. So they do come in sometimes and they need 
to, you know, make their check or whatever it is. They may be hungry. Right. And so <laughs> a lot of things. Come it's out like, on. wait a minute. So wait, nurses are human. Yes. Because, because when yeah. nurses are human, they're angels. Yeah, yeah. They, they are angels. And yes. the funny thing is, is like when you're sick or ill, you only have one thing on your mind. I need to get better. I'm here. You're supposed to get me better. So mm-hmm. like, there's like this thing with patients, you know, and we never really put ourselves in the nursing situation where they just have so much to deal with. So this yeah. is really nice to actually hear this. I don't have too many nurse friends. And so it's really nice. So anytime that I know I've been to any kind of situation, like I just want to thank all my nurses now. Like if you're having a good day or shout a bad out to day, all the nurses. Shout out yeah. to all the nurses. Yeah. That's That'll be rough. in the show notes. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I was very, very fortunate to be um, asked to be at your birth or it went little Winnie's birth mm-hmm. and it was just a transformational experience. So my Kaleo and I have decided years and years ago to not have children. And so I, I was wondering why I was being drawn to this so much. And after being at your birth, first of all, I don't know if I didn't sleep for, I don't know how many hours. <laughs> well, you didn't sleep for how, was it oh, 40 God. hours? I don't know. It felt we, like it. Yeah. And I drove home after Winnie was born, and I got on the freeway going the opposite way. I was driving down to San Diego. I had no idea where I was going. I was in the spirit world, and I called my mom on the phone. And I was crying, like, oh, my goodness. It was the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. And she said, does this make you want to have kids? I said, oh, fuck no. (laughs) On the opposite. (laughs) I do not want to have children. Yeah, watching birth definitely does. Oh, yeah, that looks like fun. (laughs) Let me have a couple of those. Yeah. But no, it was beautiful, magical, transformational experience. And I realized I had a moment of clarity once I got home and slept a little bit and took a shower that maybe this is my role, not um, having children myself, but to help other little souls enter the world. So maybe this is my role with this whole. What a cool awareness. That's such a cool awareness. Um, and now I have to ask you. Now, Melanie, you've yes. never doulaed before, right? Is that here we go with those words again? Doulaed? Did, yeah. did I did, did, did I doulaed? Did you doulaed? I doulaed. You doulaed. I doulaed hard. I like doulaed actually. So you've never doulaed before. No. Right. So this is your first time. So this was my first time. I, I would like to know what what was it that um, prompted you to want Melanie there during this really amazing part of your life? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I, you know, I guess first and foremost, what you want in a doula is somebody that you feel comfortable with. Because as you saw, Melanie, it was like bearing all, you know, like physically mm-hmm. and emotionally, you are just so cut open, like you're just so yeah. raw. And mm. so I knew that I wanted somebody that one that was could handle that and um so you know a little backstory um Melanie was my yoga teacher for you know however many years before that and I went through the yoga teacher training with you and Mm -hmm. um and I don't know I just you're I knew that your energy also is just very calming to me um and so I thought this is a you know this would be good energy to have in the room with me um and I also know what it's like to be new at something, you know, like 
going in as a as a brand new doula I was scared shitless you know mm-hmm. I didn't I and I I was volunteering at the time and I didn't know this this yeah, girl so didn't know I didn't the know mother. the family and it was really hard I mean it was it was really hard and um and I, I always wondered later like did I do a good job I don't know and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know now I went you know after like however many years of experience I know that just my presence, you know, was, was something there. But I, I, um, I wanted you, you know, I knew that you were interested in this and I knew that my mom would be there also. And because she's a doula, I thought this is the perfect opportunity for you, you know, to be able to kind of do as much as you felt comfortable with, but also know that my mom would be there. And I, I felt really comfortable having my mom there. Um, so I don't know. I just felt like it was a, it was like the perfect fit to, to I our love little it. team. I'm so grateful. It was so <laughs> magical. Yeah. Yeah. I, was... I think for my first time, what a, a beautiful experience, right? To have it be your friend. Yeah. And now I'm connected to your little daughter forever. Yeah. For the rest of our lives. She's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful yeah. Beautiful little poons. I know. <laughs> yeah. I just, I when I recall my labor, I mean, so much of it is um, a blur, but I have these like certain moments that are so clear to me and I just remember you giving me so much Reiki. I mean, you just must have come home and slept for five days. I can't imagine how exhausted <laughs> for you a while. were. Yeah. But yeah, a Reiki, I was raking the whole room. I was raking everybody that came in the door. I had my hands on you. I was raking the baby. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. Thank you yeah. for that. Thank you for allowing me to be there. Oh yeah. I will I'll do it again. I'll never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, I don't know if I'll do it again, but I would. <laughs> yeah, I would have you again. No. Wait a minute. Yeah. No, you perked up so fast. Um, okay, so um, to to let everybody in here, uh, so when you have a doula, uh, did you guys have meetings about the the birth plan and what was you know like? Hey, I might get to a point where. I'm freaking out and I'm just going to yell for drugs, but I don't really want drugs. Like, like, and so the doula helps you maybe just to stay focused in this kind of situation where all of a sudden it's like, well, we can totally go this route, but you originally wanted this birth plan. So it's almost kind of like a tether in a sense where they can bring you back a little bit because look, childbirth scares me so bad. Like that is not for any man out there. You know what I mean? And so, like, if it comes, if I were a chat, I'd, I'd be like, just give me the morphine and the opium and the, do it all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You, but... <laughs> right. So, what I'm saying is, it's like a doula is a tether as well for, and just in case you need to go somewhere else or you can't think straight mm-hmm. in a certain way. But I also think that you don't want to, if the mother's birth plan changes and I don't want any drugs, but you know what? Now I do. Right. The doula is not there to go, wait a minute, you said no drugs, you know, and, and mm-hmm. be that like drug police. Yeah. Basically, you would say, okay, whatever. I think I remember saying to you, um, what was it? I said, I looked you in your eyes and I said, whatever decision you make right now is the right decision. Mm-hmm. And you said, okay. And whatever decision that was, you know, it, it's, it, you are empowered to do that. You can change your mind. The birth plan doesn't always go as planned. It so never. It never does. <laughs> <laughs> so the doula, sure, you can if you can remind them, but I think, you know, I don't think there's any reminding necessary. You know what you go in wanting yeah. and 
things change, shit happens, and right. then you support the mother in whatever decision that they make. Mm-hmm. Rad. And you uplift them and not make them feel bad. All right, you said you didn't want this, but go ahead. And you that's not, that's counterproductive right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and some I mean, you know, some women want that. You know, they'll say like in the beginning when you're talking with them, they may say, you know, I may you know, at some point I may want, you know, medication, you know, whatever, and I want you to remind me Stay of my strong. birth plan or whatever. And um w- one technique that I have used with that because I don't feel comfortable, like you said, you know, like I'm, when somebody has a decision that they want to try and have an unmedicated birth, then, you know, when they get, if they get to a point where they want pain medication, like they're thinking, they've thought long and hard. They've thought many hours probably about that decision and gone back and forth in their mind before they actually get the courage to voice it, that, that, okay, the jig is up. I need something, (laughs) you know? Um, but what I have, what I've done is, um, you know, offered like, do you want to try and like, if it's somebody that's still walking around, do you want to try and go for a little walk and, and come back to this in 10 minutes or are you ready right now? And if they say they're ready right now, then we call anesthesiologist or whoever, you know, whatever they're opting for and, and we make it happen because I know like when I made the decision to have an epidural, I... I had been thinking about it for hours and I finally was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I need, you know, I need relief. And, um, if anybody had said to me, like, let's go for a walk, I would have said, you know, (laughs) I'm so glad I didn't say that. (laughs) Uh, You know, you should should just go for a walk. You should go for a walk. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, and I can imagine every birth experience is going to be completely different. Yeah, so there's no so different rules. Well, just, I, I think the quote was, uh, "It support. never goes according to plan." Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's a like always such a radical journey for everybody. A radical <laughs> journey. Yeah, you know, like like you know what's so cool is Mel. You said that now that you are connected with um, Winnie, Winnie forever. Yes. Just being the doula. And that to me, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really, really cool to oh, think yeah. about. Seeing her take her first breath. It was magic. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Little poons. <laughs> <laughs> love her. So coming back to the, to the question of being an RN and a doula, how it mm. prepared you for your birth experience, do you think that it also made it more challenging, like knowing too much information? Did that ever... Um, make it a little challenging for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, it's hard to know because I don't know what if I, you know, you can't unknow things. So um, <laughs> sometimes you wish you could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, I really, you know, I just have to say, I really do think that it, um, it made me have a better experience because I knew not and you know and having both of those sides too which you know come like having the the rn experiencing and knowing what can go wrong and and all of that and then also with the doula side knowing like what can go right and you know how this can be such an empowering process and you know i never wanted to have to make decisions out of fear and Mm, that should be for life yeah Mm -hmm. and i I remember being heartbroken when the first physician told me that I, 
should schedule a cesarean because that you know for that scared me you know that was like the scariest thing that was the the thing that I I really wanted to avoid at, at all costs and you know of course you can't always do that mm-hmm. um but kind of know like knowing how the epidural works and knowing how the pitocin works and knowing how all these things um are gonna affect my body like I knew when I when I made the decision to have the epidural I was like okay this is probably gonna slow my contractions down it did mm-hmm. and I was like I can't, I remember keep thinking this in the back of my head don't get too comfortable Laura like take a nap and rest but do not like you're still working like you are not done you know you cannot just like kick your feet up and relax at this point because um I didn't want to get into that that sort of cycle of um contraction slow down and then they give you the the pitocin which is the synthetic oxytocin that creates stronger contractions that you get those stronger contractions and then you need more epidural because you can start to feel those and then they, it's a vicious cycle it's very vicious <laughs> wow right and then it, at some point which you know will happen sometimes is that the that pitocin becomes so strong and it's compressing the baby so hard that it um can you know affect their their breathing rate and 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 then that's when you get into trouble and then pretty soon they're like okay you know we need to move this along we're going to be there they start talking about taking you to the OR so I wanted to avoid that but knowing that and having that background no you know having that RN um, knowledge and and the being a doula and and seeing it so many times myself I um I think in a way it helped me be active in the decisions that I was making Mm. I knew that like this is the decision I'm making and these are the possible um risks that I'm taking by making this decision and so what can I do to kind of mitigate those risks I can make sure that I stay active like take a break and give yourself a break but then come back to it and and you know like feel these contractions again and get back into the game so that's what I tried to do and it you know it it all worked out in the end. It but. seems like you broke the cycle just because you had the knowledge of, okay, if I'm going to do this instead of like, you know, um, the epidural to the, uh, what was it? Pitocin. Pitocin. Pitocin to the epidural to the Pitocin to the mm-hmm. OR. And you, you were, you know, your knowledge really came in handy because you were able to balance what you needed Yeah. and mm-hmm. do it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a really great support system too that, um, you know, the anesthesiologist and the physician, they really backed off on my epidural towards the end so that when I was pushing I mean I was according to like what I was feeling I was like there is no epidural left like I am feeling all of it right and even like at the end when um you know when we were cleaning up the nurse was like when you have to get up to go to the bathroom you need to let me know because you probably can't feel your legs still and I need to help you and she went left and I had to go to the bathroom really bad and I was like I can't wait for her so I jumped out of bed and ran to the bathroom and went and came back and got in bed and um you know I was fine like I I didn't have any any numbness and I was like that's you know like I I definitely credit my medical team for being able to know that I was getting close and to sort of back that off so that I could you know push her out and in um you know feel what I was feeling because if you don't feel that's, you know, what happens a lot of times with the epidurals that then you have women that are pushing for three hours because they're using all their energy and they're pushing in the wrong place. You know, it's all up in their shoulders and their face and you're like, you got to move that down, but they can't feel it. So your push was pretty fast. Yeah. 
Yeah. 20 minutes, I think. I think it was like 20 minutes, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I remember, because first-time moms usually are more like an hour, and I remember him saying, okay, reach down and touch the top of her head. And That's your like, baby. I was like, you, you know, you're just saying, I remember thinking, he's just saying that to get me to push harder. I'm pushing as hard as I can. <laughs> and then I am. Yeah, and then he's I reached tricking down me. and I was like, I thought he was tricking yeah. me. Oh, down, no, I, I like, remember oh the look God. on your face. You're like, <gasps> that's my baby. That, like, he's, he's not lying to me. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> I find it so fascinating that you had the courage to um, be able to balance that. So when you get into a hospital situation for most people, we get so overwhelmed by everything there and what they have to say. And especially with the language barrier mm-hmm. of what they're saying to you and what it actually means and all of that. So for you to actually just go, you know what, I, because I'm well-versed in this, I'm able to make this decision, I'm going to do this only, and then it's cut. And not only that, but everyone here knows exactly what you know I want. Um, I find that, so I, a lot of people like me right now, I, I really, you know, I really love that. If I ever find myself in a hospital again, to know as much as I can about whatever that is. Yeah, you know yeah. what a VBAC is now. Yeah. So next time you're in the hospital. <laughs> oh, I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not lying. I don't want a VBAC. This, <laughs> no, I this do want a VBAC. Edu- this is the most educational, like, <laughs> Revlon News podcast I think I'm ever going to live through. This, what does it mean? What does it stand for? What? VBAC. Oh, VBAC. It's, um, it's vaginal birth, but with a cesarean something. I don't know. After. Yeah, after. Right. After. Yeah, exactly. After, yeah. A different awesome. birth, though. I mean, that's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah a, different it's, birth. It's, not AC, the same it's birth. ACBC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, my gosh. Thank you so much for opening up about your birth. It was so, yeah. so beautiful. It's yeah, a beautiful of course. experience. It's fun to remember it yeah. now that it's over. <laughs> <laughs> So um, besides being an RN and a doula, you are also a yoga teacher. Like we Mm -hmm. said, you went through our teacher training program. And you're an artist, an artist of all mediums, whether it's (laughs) building an add-on to your house or dyeing fabric. Um, You drew a beautiful mandala on our front desk at our yoga studio just by hand, free flow. Um, You sew clothes. Uh, what, What is your favorite medium to work with? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. It really changes. <laughs> what day is it today? Yeah. yeah it's Friday. <laughs> I know. You know what? I, I jump around a lot because um, I'll be so into, you know, maybe making something out of wood. And then when that project is done, I don't want to do anything with wood. I'm so, like, mm, sick of, like, being hot in the garage full of sawdust or whatever. And so then I'm, like, you know, I'll, I'll be sewing a lot. And then... Um, I sort of go through like these phases where I'm, you know, sewing, 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 and then I put that away, and then I just want to sit and draw. Um, so I didn't actually, you know, I didn't do much drawing throughout my life. My brother was like an incredible artist, a great, um, he like did pen and and pencil drawings. Um, but I, that was never really my interest until I had surgery. And then I was recovering and I was like laying on the couch for, you know, days on end. And so I, I started drawing a lot, like doing the, the ink drawings and like doing the mandalas. And um, so, God, I don't know. I don't I don't have a favorite. I really don't. It really depends on, yeah, the time of 
season, I guess. I don't know. Well, we have some of your shirts. Actually, they've all sold out, so a little nudge here from yeah. the universe to create more. <laughs> we sell some of your your shirts um, with the mandala print on them at our yoga studio at Yoga Oceanside. And I'm trying to encourage you to get your stuff online because you're so, so talented. So by the oh, time thanks. anyone's watching or listening to this from the future – there's possibly going to be a Laura Humphrey website with all of her fairs <laughs> on there. Is it wares or fairs? This is a, a wares. Yeah, we're basically wares. creating anything we want. Oasis is yeah. wares. Doula, 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 doula. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, okay, final question here. Yeah. What or who inspires you the most as of today? I know inspiration comes in many different ways. So, what or who inspires you the most right now? Hmm. You know, I've always thought that my grandmother, my grandma Melba, was my Mm -hmm. archetype because um, she, as I remember her, is was just full of unconditional love, and she just loved life. She had so much fun, but she lived very, very simple. She worked almost every single day of her life up until the end, and she would go back and forth. She owned a little um, general store in a small town called Palma Valley, which is east of here. And um, I don't know, she didn't have a very easy life, but she I don't ever remember her like complaining about her, you know, any circumstances. And she always just kind of dusted, you know, got, got up and dusted herself off and went back to work and she loved it. Like she loved working and she loved what she did. Um, she, you know, she owned this general store, but it was a really small town, and so everybody would come in. They all knew Melba. I mean, to this day, people will be like, "Oh, you're, you know, you're Melba's granddaughter," and we remember Melba. She gave me my first job, or I used to steal candy bars from her. <laughs> um, yeah, so she, you know, she inspires me. I have several pictures of her around my house. One is a photo, black and white photograph that I took of her when I was taking photography at Palomar College. Um, when I was like 18. Well, that's and right. You're also a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> so many artistic abilities. Yeah. You're like Lagratha of Oceanside. Lagratha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's Lagratha? <laughs> oh, Vikings. Oh. Oh, it's a, a it's, show. It's okay, a good. Show. I was like, oh, Amazon. Do I know this? <laughs> I sound really stupid here. Who's Lagratha? Is she, she a part of the studio? Yeah. <laughs> she a new teacher? <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much, Laura. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, thank and, you for having um, me. And we'll have in the show notes, hopefully, Laura's website. Yeah. Yes. Super okay. in, I'm super <laughs> informed right now. I need like time to like go to the beach and come down after this talk. This is, And we'll put a, a couple of websites on there. If anyone is out there interested in becoming a doula, there is um, the Dona, D-O-N-A. Um, so we'll put some notes in the show notes for you. Great. All right. Perfect. Thanks, thank everyone. You. Thank you. Aloha. All right. Bye.